The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, anorexia nervosa, bulimia, and or obesity, dependent upon your job and or role, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, excessive chapping of the lips after kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood. Shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I am on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, and one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, who I was just arguing with about Amazon, Paul Michael Boland. <laughs> mm, remind me never to ask you to do a recruitment video. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. I can actually okay. be really, really, like, really inspirational on why to join Hollywood. Um, I'm just, I've got 50 things going on in the background right now so it's less funny i think than it's supposed to be i need to just do a recording of it and leave it and do a more <laughs> funny version um that way it doesn't change with my mood like mm. it was supposed to be funny things have gone downhill hill, whatever. I, it's never really that fun it's just it's it's necessary and i think people need to hear it but funny yeah. not so much you know no, see i find it funny until i have days where Sexism, racism, or ageism take over. You and I both have very, very dark senses of humor. So, you know, (laughs) there's that, you know. Don't tell anyone that. I'm just little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah. Uh, Uh (laughs) um, Yeah, speaking of dark senses of humor. So, I'm going to tell everyone about this. Paul has this really awesome show that I was going back and forth with Amazon about. And Uh I just started talking to Comedy Central about Paul plays the lead character. You can actually, I think there's a clip on YouTube of this, Paul. You should put yeah, it up. Uh, it's, unfortunately, it's embedded with Beatles music, so the algorithm keeps taking it, taking out the audio. Well, fuck. Anyway, it's a really, <laughs> I, I'd like to remind everyone, every time we swear, we give money to the Boys and Glo- Girls Club of America because we love children. The Humane Society of America because if you don't like animals, you're an asshole, and we really like animals. And, of course, Asshole. free MMA, Asshole. which is free self-defense for people of all ages. Um, because, shit, 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 flat shit. out, people uh, yeah. need that. Shit. And you need an outlet, and it's a great place for kids to go and get away from things and, you know, learn to be martial artists or whatever. I get beat up there all the time. So that's free MMA. All right, that's, those are our charities. Alexis, of course, does the swearing count every time she gets on, and so she's a little less happy with Paul every time he does this. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time we say 
And from the peanut gallery, he's doing it for the children. For the children. (laughs) Um, For those that say loud enough for really me to ever count it. (laughs) She takes her. It does take her like an hour to sit there and go back. Um, I will say though. Uh, for those that don't know, that is my assistant, Alexis. Alexis has been working with me for uh, close to seven years now, well, six years now. Actually, she's about 19. She started when she was 18 in internship, so six years um, as my assistant. And she's the person I'm most terrified of in this world, not just because she's a dominatrix in her spare time, um, but because she applies that particular personality trait to her job, so she's scary as fuck. Yeah. Again, swearing, we're swearing for the children. You're not that uh, scary, Alexis. All right, so, okay. <laughs> I think she is. Well, yeah, you kind of need that. That's fair enough. Um, mm. Our guest today is going to be Lady Mac. She's a comedian. She's an actress. She's a producer and host of uh, Lady Mac Entertainment, LME. She produces clean comedy shows for female comedians. The shows have a theme, such as Father's Day, Mother's Day, Caribbean Night, African Night, social media. Um you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, but I'm really excited to talk to her. So I did want to throw that out there. Uh, before we get any further with that, we are going to get on the most depressing topic in the entire world, and it's not Me Too for a change. Mmm, kind of. Kind of. It's it's a really depressing topic. Um, I know everyone thinks that, you know, the world's gotten more progressive, and I had someone say to me, you know, we know racism's better. We had a black president because somehow... That's like saying I have a black friend. I'm not racist. It doesn't quite work that way. Um, now I know that there yeah, is. Yeah, especially us- when you didn't vote for him twice. They tell me it doesn't count for me. Okay, just moving on. All right. But that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> anyway, the point. And by the way, I did vote for him twice because I fucking liked him. But um, that's a political thing, not a racial thing. See how that works? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Vo- I didn't vote for Carson because I thought he was an idiot. Um, everyone has their, their thing. I know people have prejudice. Um, I, but what's really getting me and really catching me, uh, in Hollywood is one Islamophobia is getting really prevalent. And even people that are not Islamic, we've had some Sikh people and some different people that have really gotten flack. And we're doing now with, um, Muslims and Middle Easterners, directed as Muslims because now being Muslim and Middle Eastern has become interchangeable for some reason. Um, eh, just playing the odds. There's still, I don't know, if you go to the Middle East, it's a large Christian community there as well as Jewish. So it's it's really, you got a one in three chance. Um, yeah. So it's it's not good. That's, that's like, I, I'd say that's like assuming, you know, everyone at... Uh, you know, I'm not going to make that joke since this is a serious topic. I'm going to try and be less of an asshole. Um, but so the Islamophobia, we're now doing what we did with the Russians, which, you know, the Russians are always the bad guys. Now it's the Middle Easterners that are the bad guys. And, and that pisses me off, but it still sells tickets so I can bite down on that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all a story about one time I worked with a specific producer on a BET project. I'm not going to say the producer's name because blacklisting does exist and whoever says it doesn't is a fucking liar, just to be clear. Um, Hell, we should do a show on it. I know lots of people who have been blacklisted and do the blacklisting. But I was working on a show for BET and one of the hardest moments I ever had in my life, um, I was an assistant producer 
at the time. And the producer came up to me because, you know, they if, if you know anything about it, a lot of the time the hiring will get hoisted off on someone else. It was a very, very um, African-American project. It was about empowering people. It was about moving through racism, coming up from the hood. I'm not going to get into the show, but that's what it was about. I thought it was great. Well, I had the producer come up to me, my boss at the time, come up to me. Not Paul, not Paramount Paul. This was not my old boss from Paramount. Mm. He was not in any way prejudiced. He was just an asshole. Um, he was an equal opportunity asshole. Exactly. He was a son of a bitch to everyone. That's mm. why he's, he's looking up at us now <coughs> from a very hot place saying I'm enjoying the show. Doesn't but, always make that better. It really doesn't. <laughs> so he, he, this guy comes over to me and he said, you know, it's too dark behind the scenes. And I'm a little slow. I'm trying to figure out what the hell he's talking about. I'm like, what, oh, what are you talking about? Well, we can turn about? up the house lights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm okay. like, what? If, I, if it's any brighter, we're going to have that problem. He said, no. I get that it has to be dark on camera. This is a BET production. But I don't need to turn around to my crew and it to be so dark behind the scenes. I'm still missing this. I had a PA have to explain this to me, by the way. Um, and this girl, she's half black, half Thai, and she pulled me aside. She's like, racist, sweetie. He's being racist. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And he's like, so I need you to replace some of the crew. And, uh, even even on a small, lower level, I was at a, uh, a live show, and the uh, performer, who I'm going to get in trouble for using this term, midget performer, uh, thought that... and that uh, the uh, person running the board when he found out they were African-American actually said something along the lines of, can we have somebody back there that looks like they know what they're doing? Yeah, the comment I got was, can we get somebody with a work ethic? He wanted uh, people with a work ethic. So yeah. this, is an, this is something that you forget is so prevalent, especially in the Me Too age. But I've gotten grief, like you wouldn't believe, for hiring um, an assistant that was a woman. Because the comment I get is, you know, it's bad enough that you're a woman, at least get a man. So, you know, it doesn't look like you're uh, being partial. I was like, no, I hired Alexis because she was a pain in the ass and I thought she'd be good at a job. <laughs> then it was, well, she's also Mexican. I'm like, she's, no, she's not. She's Spanish and no, Danish. Yeah, she, I thought she was like South American. Yeah. And then she's like, well, she's Mexican. I'm like, no, she's Spanish and Danish, but she lived in Peru. Like, it's the same thing. And so then, of course, me being me, I pulled out a map and tried to explain geography. <laughs> um, not what he was talking about either. So I'm sitting there. I grew up in a country where casually racist statements are really common. Like my 85-year-old grandmother, who is Jewish, um, would make comments like, you know, well, I didn't bring my wallet. I'm just throwing around money like a Jew with no arms. So I'm going to need you to pick this up, Summer. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you can get away with that. You're Jewish. Um, you shouldn't but, be laughing at that. <laughs> my God, that's awesome. Okay. But that, that uh, was my sorry fear. to all our Red Sea pedestrian friends out there. Okay, sorry about that. All right. <laughs> but, you know, she's, I think if she's Jewish, she can get away with this. <laughs> and then I, I look at the situation. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm used to weird comments like that back home. People are not politically correct. Nobody, you know, we, of course, don't yeah, use the term African-American. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. We don't use the term African-American because nobody is American in the first place. And two, you're either Australian or you're not. Is it African-Australian? So no. Right? Black. Okay. You're black or you're white 
or you're Middle Eastern or you're Asian or you're whatever. And I'm sure those are those aren't exactly the words that y'all use, but no, yeah. those literally are the words we use. We uh, just, okay, polite. Black, com- those are the polite company words. Yes, but like uh, I'd never heard the word when I came here. I'd never heard the N word in my mm. life. That's not a word ever used in Australia. That's we have our own racist terms, the same as South Africa does, the same right. as any don't, country that has had that don't, does. Don't you all call American sepos? Uh, yes, yeah, septic tank. It's yeah. septic tank yank. Uh, basically, so that came from the fact that we think Americans are dirty. Um, full of shit. Actually, it has to do with dirty. Really? So, yeah, Americans um, out of the European countries are some of the least clean people, and it comes down to a couple of factors. One, you guys don't usually We're have the weirdos health. who shower every day. No, you're not. No. Uh, you don't have... Oh, I'm mm. glad you do. Okay, so... A-Rod, the guy that runs this show that I'm always talking about that, like, gives us use... Can They can hear you, right? Yeah, I heard it. A-Rod, can they hear you? They can't... Okay, so... Oh, so we just look like we're insane. Okay, fair enough. So the invisible person that Paul and I are always talking to is a guy named A-Rod. He runs the show. He's brilliant. I'm glad his voice is different than the other ones in my head. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's because you guys don't use bidets... And, um, where the rest of the world does. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry if a bird if a bird poos on your arm and you wipe it off with tissue, it's not clean. Um, you guys don't use nail brushes to the same degree. You don't. Uh, you make fun of the English for not having great teeth, right? But it, what they have is cosmetically poor teeth, but free dentistry. So they're not getting the cosmetic stuff done. We're here. Everyone's more worried about the cosmetics than the hygiene. So. Americans are not seen as very clean people, and that's mm. actually where that came from. So, except, and we use a lot of rhyming slang. Like, you want to call someone a whore, you call them a two by four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trouble and strife is your wife. It's a very low brow. If I ever got caught saying any of this on my grandma hears the show, I'm going to get beat for even knowing those terms. <laughs> but um, it's just Americans just were never considered very clean. And the reason Americans refused to use bidets is because they went to France during World War II and saw them in the whorehouses. So they assumed they had to do with whorehouses, not hygiene. Actually, so there's a little bit. They're coming back. I got one. It was an uh, add on. You know, it, it was, it's not a separate unit, it adds to the uh, existing well, throne. Yeah, every, I, most people I know use a bidet. But this is only coming to America where it's been everywhere forever. And if you look at someone from India, they have a little pot. They've had bidets before bidets were a thing. Like, they wash. Everyone else in the world washes. I just have to say that. I think your daughter, wasn't your daughter drinking out of one of those years ago? Yes, she did drink out of a bidet. She did not. I mean, she was was really young, though. So she was like. She was was six. I had just adopted her. She'd never been in a a house. I mean. Look, a drinking fountain. Yeah. Yeah. For those that okay. listen to the show, Kimberly was pretty abused and pretty neglected before I got her. I shouldn't have said her name on air. My daughter was pretty abused and neglected before I got her. So yeah. she hadn't been around any of that. Then she found a switch that turned the water on and was drinking out of it. We had to have a conversation about that. Uh, we have to go to break. When we come back, we will get a little bit on more on uh, racism in Hollywood and hopefully not uh, children drinking out of toilets. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bowen. I'd like to remind everyone to tune in for his show the Militant Moderate on iTunes, uh, iCloud, Stitcher. Stitcher. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, new material will be, we're getting ready for new material at the beginning of the year. Exactly. What Paul said. 
We'll be right back, guys. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you guys know we aren't crazy. We have a wonderful sound engineer named A-Rod. The person you hear us randomly talking to in the background is him. We did not until today find out that you guys could not hear him. So the ra- <laughs> so the back and forth comments and the randomly uh, crazy things uh, that are being said in the background, that's actually to him. So next time we'll repeat what he says uh, so you guys know rather than just answer it. But... He's uh he kind of produces slash sound engineers slash he he's the god of the show. And so, for our listeners, yes, it's not a voice in Summer's head. <laughs> um, so I, I know what you, my voices sound like. <clears throat> okay, so all right. For all intents purposes, the voice in my head is my father telling me to do better and be a better person. <clears throat> um, I don't know what Paul's voices are, but may God have mercy. There's on about thirty three of them, so it's fine. Ah. Uh, well, that was what, wasn't that what Roseanne Barr said? No, it was Tom Arnold when he was married to Roseanne. He said she has thirty-seven personalities life. and only uh, two of like them him. like him. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah, I like so you just said, so Aaron just said he's like just in here living that split life. See, I thought they heard stuff like that because it was no, always what funny. What I'm saying is that he lives a split life. 
He lives a split life. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm looking forward to that movie coming out. The uh, the the next Glass. in the glass yeah i love mm. mr glass um so i do want to give a quick shout out to the people that own me adrian alcantara hair studio thank you for always getting me red carpet ready aspen mills bread company thank you for all of your work with charity scott haskin thank you for the awesome music um i'm gonna have to talk to scott about doing some uh some uh music for our show for paul flat black art supplies thank you guys for your charity work seattle SeaTac airport hotel and of course phoenix um, Aloft, you guys are always really good to us. Queen Kapawani. Off-road rentals, you always give us our free giveaways. Paul will come up with a question by the time I'm done reading this. And if you answer it correctly, you get a free ride at off-road rentals or you get a float at True Rest, Sedona, and Las Vegas. Griggs Vacuums, um, because you're Alexis's grandfather and you're on here because she says so. Debrazini Skincare, thank you very, very much for keeping my skin beautiful. Vinyl Styles Print and Designs, great for step-ups, great for window work, great for anything. You should check them out. And, of course, the New Palm Springs Diet, um, Dr. Ross's Under the Tongue Spray to Lose Weight. Give it a go, guys. And um, Kat- Caitlin Minimalist, she's an Etsy shop. She gave me this gorgeous ring. I'm just giving her a shout-out. This isn't a product partner list. I'm giving her a shout-out for this. She sent me the coolest ring. I was so fucking homesick. She sent me a skyscape of Sydney and I cried for like 45 minutes and then put it up on my Twitter. But I just wanted to give a thank you to her. Um, That really, really helped with my homesickness and was one of the kindest things you could have done. So thank you. Uh, Paul, do you have a question for our giveaways before I say, ah, one more time and break my rules of ah, um, er, and Uh, use filler words like uh, that. uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, what do Australians call Americans in a in the terms of a uh, ethnic slur? There you go. Well, give me an ethnic slur for Americans by Australians, and you can have a ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California, mm. or a rest at Truth uh, tr- a Float Spa at True Rest, Sedona, or Las Vegas. Now, I do have to say, um, but that that's the big thing is we just don't find Americans very clean. <laughs> so we were talking about racism in Hollywood. Now, I didn't realize how deep-seated racism still existed in this country. Um, Don't get me wrong, Trump's presidency has really helped um, (sighs) you see the racial divide in this country. It's um, not that bad. My God. No, no, no. Compared to every other country right now, kind of is. And what I mean by that is I don't think, for those writing in currently, saying, yes, Trump did it, Trump didn't do it. He may have exacerbated it, but he didn't create it. So uh, I just I, think I'm the not media like widened their spotlight on it. On it. Anybody think, see the World Cup? Anytime in one of those European countries, one of the African teams was playing, he had fans from the European countries throwing bananas at the freaking. Uh, I got to give him points though. Camp. He picked uh, it up and ate it. Uh, yeah, well, there was only one banana getting thrown. I thought it was good. He picked it up and ate the banana. But um, I will say one thing you're going to miss in Hollywood, guys, is... We're not perfect, but we're not. No, we're not that bad. You know, Hattie McDaniel couldn't go to the premiere of Gone with the Wind, but she was the first um, black woman to win an Oscar. Mm -hmm. But the next one was Halle Berry. So that's a really big gap. I thought Sidney Poitier won one in, in there. He, he did. I'm talking about women. Oh. 
Okay. But he won. Sidney Poitier was the best Oscar winner for uh, Best Actor. Mm. And Sidney Poitier is a wonderful man. I met him at the African Oscars years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And my grandma still has the hearts for him, which makes the entire situation uncomfortable. Uh, mm. Him and Liam Neeson. I'd go back on the pill for him. All right. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, so would my grandmother. Him and Liam Neeson, because she likes his knees, um, which I thought was really cute. She liked him in Rob Roy. But I think something people miss, Hollywood still has a double standard. It has it sexually. It has it racially. It has it across the board. And... If you want to make a difference, don't give in to it. Um, I didn't lose my job, but I sure as hell didn't change that cast and the crew. I'm not going to sit there and say it's okay for it to be this way. I didn't hire people based on their race. I hired them because they were good for the job. The best thing I heard was Jon Stewart. He wanted a really inclusive show when he put together The Daily Show in the very beginning. And he said, I want writers from all different backgrounds. And it never occurred to him to say, and women. He couldn't understand why he kept getting men. He was getting men of all races and backgrounds. Right, but yeah. it was it was the 90s. Women just weren't very funny back then. Yeah, Paul, that was the problem. Mm. Um, so he turned around saying. and said, and he actually had to specifically say to them, I want some women too. I'm going to get letters. Okay. Yeah, you always get yeah. letters. Who cares? <laughs> well, he also had an existing staff because he wasn't the original host of The Daily Show. No, he wasn't. He was the only, but he was a, a better one. Uh, but he changed out the stuff when he went in. And that was mm. something he wanted to do. He wanted it more inclusive. And it never, like, you know, I, I think. Yeah, even though the, sh- the show was created by a woman, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Liz Winstead. And she it's still gets still- checks. And I haven't seen her do anything for ages. I don't think people realize how big the divide is. Um, there's a great, and it's not just here. Even when you move, I work uh, a lot with like the African Oscars and a lot of, um, films out of Africa and out of South Africa. And there's a great song. It's called Voodoo Pussy. Go listen to it seriously. And it talks about Christianity taking over and how, um, women who follow the old religions are viewed as dirty and viewed as less. And the racism that exists intrinsically, even, within groups that are being marginalized. So within marginalized groups, they are further marginalizing themselves. The whole thing is totally and utterly bizarre and it mirrors what women do in entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's a At marginalized day, group. People are kind of dicks. A little bit. So I expect Hollywood to rise above this. I know it's a big <laughs> expectation. Hear me out. Hear me out. I have, I have reasons here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know the next generation that's coming in as studio heads now. You know, they're in their 50s and 60s um, and their early 70s. These are young, by the way, for those that don't know, the actual, like, the guys that are in charge right now seriously look like caricatures from the 1940s. They've been there forever. I love them. They're good guys. But they don't know how to move forward with things. And I'm hoping by getting, you know, the Woodstock generation up, um, we'll do we'll do better. We just can't have another John Carter incident. I hope that Hollywood changes that because I didn't realize. I don't know if it's intrinsically in this country people are intrinsically racist, but I always try and remember America is a young country. Slavery 
stayed on here longer than it than than most places. Even though it's uh, still going on today, and uh, exactly African nations and oh, the, yeah. uh, the and it the stayed Pacific on longer, Rim. Absolutely, it stayed on longer in the Western world. That's a good way of putting it. But I don't think there was any effort made to teach people once they were freed to to rebuild them because generational wealth is generational knowledge and that yeah, generational yeah. knowledge doesn't exist if we so just think, would have built the afghani mm-hmm. people a couple of schools we wouldn't be in the situation we are today after of course we blew up all the schools so yeah but yeah people are people are just in general as we're going back to it people are dicks and i mean hollywood is there's a lot of entry-level positions of power you know, like you can be, you can be the director of a movie if the studio likes your script well enough. Yeah. Yeah. But We're not putting them to a background check. But I do, in, I do want to say this to all the aspiring actors and actresses out there, to especially the aspiring directors, producers, executives. Please be more inclusive. Do you know one of the best things I've ever seen, and a way I've started hiring people is I ask, do not put your gender, put your first initial, your name, and I don't want to see a photo of you. Just send me a resume. Period. So for any executive work, for producing work, for anything like that, I hire blind now. Yeah, I got to meet him. I do. Oh, I have I've, to meet him. But, you know, so. I, I agree with that. But, I mean, the people I that walk I trust a resume about meetings, as much as I trust a headshot. So. You know. That's That's fair. I mean, I build, I, 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 that's a better way of saying it. I will bring in people to meet them based mm-hmm. off of that. And I've gotten groups of all men and people have gotten mad at me, but it was a flat, it was flat blind. There was no, there was no way of doing that. I love the Philharmonic Orchestra. When people audition, they audition behind a curtain. You can't see their sex, race, gender, uh, their, their sex or gender. All right, their sex or race. I it's based entirely badly. on their music. Like, what if the dudes? What if the person's like naked? You know, it could. I don't think that's happened yet. But don't give people ideas. Um, God, I wish I played the violin. Oh God, Paul. See this. This is you get a timeout now. You're being a bad Paul again. Uh, guys, when we come back, we are going to be on with Lady Matt. I'm Summer Helene. This is Paul Michael with my co-host Paul Michael Bowen. This is behind the scenes. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? 
Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, the gentleman that I'm currently arguing about a... uh, Re, a Braveheart reboot with... Uh, okay, thankfully, it turns out to be a parody a site. Yeah. Thankfully. Okay. It's a joke with Leah Dunham um, and talking about how Ghostbusters was forced, you know, like, let's force this and make this work. Mm-hmm. Let's include a black woman, but don't give her a degree. So Yeah, because she, she works in the subway. Yeah. I know. Because I know. for some reason, I know, the whole thing is don't yeah. force diversity, people. Let it be natural. And I'd just like to point out, throwing in a black person does not make something diverse. Look at South Park. There's a reason they called him Tolkien. Mm. Um, and throwing in a woman. <clears throat> I'm just going to, like, cough. I was supposed to cough and say, um, you know, Scarlett Johansson, The Avengers, but that was too long. All right, guys, I'd like to welcome to the show Lady Mac. She's a comedian and actress. She's a producer and host of Lady Mac Entertainment. She produces clean comedy shows, which means we'll be giving less money to charity today because oh, Paul and I fuck. are going to yep, we're gonna have to clean up our language. Mm. I'd like to remind everyone we give money to charity every time we swear. But she produces clean comedy, so we're going to clean up our language. Um, the shows have different themes, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Caribbean Night, African Night. Um, she's really, really funny and a really cool person. Uh, Lady Mac, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. How are you? Doing really, really well. Uh, you do clean comedy, so we're trying to clean up our language. Uh, every time someone <laughs> swears on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club, to the Humane Society, to Free MMA. So yeah, I can. Say, I get to say asshole for the children. So yeah, yeah <laughs> he's doing it for the children. So <laughs> we're going to really clean it up since you do clean comedy. And I'm actually a really big fan of clean comedy because I think people lean too heavily on the vulgar so they don't have to be as funny. Um, you know, there are lots of clean skits by the greatest comedians in the entire world. There are, hell, Flying Circus has clean, clean parts in it. Um, even Monty Python didn't always have to be rude. So I love clean comedy. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Lady Mad Comedian. I started my own company or business because when you're doing comedy in the comedy club in L.A., they're not uh, clean, and my uh, fans did not like going to the comedy club. <laughs> I said, I'm not coming anymore. This is horrible. So I said, you know what? I'll just do my own show. So I started my own show, Lady Mac Entertainment. I produce clean comedy shows. They're like PG. It's not like 
Yeah, well, there's just no cursing and no uh, vulgarity. And so it's mostly it's, women. So it's more um, Jeff Foxworthy. I mean, it'll no, still... No, it's, it's clean. No, if, you know, if you're talking about marriages or divorces, mammograms, all those things, we talk about those, but we don't just use uh, vulgarity. We don't gotcha. use the, those words and cursing, because, you know, if you're funny, you're funny. So I you don't actually need all of those. And I have a certain audience that I'm trying to reach, which is the uh, clean audience, women's audience, church group, women's group, anything like that. That's my target audience. That's really cool. Now, so they didn't like going to the comedy clubs because the comedy clubs were too dirty. Anyone that's been into a comedy club in Los Angeles knows that uh, physically and metaphorically, they really are very dirty. Mm. Um, so where do you do where do you do your comedy if you're not doing it at the clubs? I, um, the old fashioned way, <laughs> you rent a building, you rent a spot and you produce your show. So lately I've been doing my shows in Culver city at the fanatic salon theater. It's a small theater, family theater. And I do my shows there. I produce it myself. I hired the comedians and when, uh, I hire my comedians, they probably do dirty somewhere else. But when you're on, on my show, it's clean. You do clean. And, uh, yes. So, and, and they already know that. If I'm going to call you up and say, do my show, they automatically know, it's, know that it's clean. So uh, that problem is already uh, solved. And then when my guests and my fans come, they, they can enjoy it. Because most of my uh, guests, you know, they're over 30. <laughs> and they, they like to, to laugh. Because, you know, when in life there's so much stuff that's going on that you just have to laugh about it. And, and you can laugh uh, clean. Even, even uh, when they tell a joke about uh, our uh, number 45, uh, it's a clean joke. It's not um, vulgarity. It's not cursing. So, See, you can do that, Summer. I, I can. And I actually, when I first started the show, didn't swear at all. Then I started getting people from entertainment on. So I couldn't get anyone to keep their mouth clean. So we had to get a positive spin on it in some way. So we uh, started <laughs> doing it for charity. Now, how, how did you get into comedy? I've, I've got, I'm looking at Twitter right now. I've got people writing back to me. Okay. Well, how did I get into comedy? I tell people my son's an entertainer, or he likes to do some acting. And when he was younger, uh, he went on stage, and the production person could not sign his CD. I was wasting all this time. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get up here on this stage and do some comedy. And he thought I was joking, but I wanted to, yeah, hey, it's free time. I got on that stage, and I did comedy, and the audience was laughing. And I actually was funnier than the comedian that they had there. I said, you know, I'm going to keep doing this because I'm naturally funny. You know, it's just some people are funny, uh, even at school, high school, or in college. Uh, I'm going to find a joke about something, about the professor, you know, about the grades they gave us, you know. So, and that's basically me, and I wanted to share that with others because I like to make people laugh, and it's, it's, it's fun. What do you, now, as a comedian, what do you want most? How do you want this to expand? Well, I want my... Uh, uh, comedy to expand um, throughout, well, throughout the, the country, the world, as in women getting together, having a good time, and laughing. Because uh, we all face some of the same issues, no matter what your nationality is. If you have a man in your life, <laughs> you're facing the same issues, okay? So yeah. I want to, uh, <laughs> you got that one, huh? I want to uh, relate to all the women around the world and just see we all we're all the same 
just laugh about it. Some things you can't laugh about right away, <laughs> but down the line, you can just tell a joke about it and it can just ease, ease the tension. But I'd like it to go further because we can reach all uh, women throughout the world and relate to each other. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, what advice would you give to somebody just getting into this industry? I just got, I've got people asking me, how do you get into comedy? Yes. Well, being in Los Angeles, it's, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> and um, it's a saying, you know, that it's, it's who you know. <laughs> it's who you know. And that is so true. It's who you know. And when I first came to California uh, in 2010, I didn't know anybody. So what you have to do in comedy in, in Los Angeles, they call these, they're called bring-up shows. And you can get on stage at the comedy store in Hollywood. You can get on those stages at certain times as long as you bring people. And when I came, I didn't know any people. So I'm going around, oh, could you come with me so I can get on this your stage? Or could you come to get on stage? I said, you know what? I did that for the first few years I was up here. And then when I finally got people to come see me, you know, like I said before, they weren't happy with the uh, vulgarity. So I said, I'm going to do my own show. Um, what I would tell the person is don't wait for somebody to um, call you. Make it your own opportunity. Like I made my own opportunities. I got this, I went in this room, invited people, had my step and repeat, this is Lady Mac Entertainment, and did my show. And I had it in my mind, whoever's come is going to come. And that first show I had on my own, it sold out. I said, oh my goodness, yay! <laughs> so make your own opportunities, because you can't wait on people. You know, if, if someone calls you, that's great, but if not, um, make your own opportunities. But since you're just starting out, you can go to these open mics. They have open mics all across the uh, across the country, really. I think it's called Bad Slava, and you can look it up, mm-hmm. com, and it tells you of all the open mics in the uh, United States. And so you call there, and you can get, um, that's free time, and you don't have to bring anybody for that. But if you want to get that stage, uh, be on the actual stage, like a, uh, we have, I can't even think of the name of now, <laughs> but several comedy clubs on, on uh, Sunset Boulevard. You can just, you can the go Laugh there. Laugh Factory Comedy Store. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, one of the go. things Thank I always store. tell people is if you want to get good at speaking or you want to get in the entertainment industry, try an open mic night. It might be the worst experience mm-hmm. of your life and you may get booed off stage, but if you can get through a couple of open mic nights, you can survive Hollywood. And the audience's expectations are so low. You know, really, the, I don't know yes. what kind of places you've been at. <laughs> No, 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 the open, well, some of them the open mic nights. And, well, the we have like the Comedy nights. Union. We have other ones too, not just Hollywood. Of the open mics for uh, open mics, you write. But when you're going to the comedy store, you're bringing right. people. Uh, you need to be funny or have someone there, or you, like you said, you will get booed. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to let you on the, the, any booed. of the, even the even the side stages, except for the open mics, until you actually uh-huh. can make an audience laugh. But the oh, open yeah. mics, I've been through oh, a few yeah. open mics here. Oof. Oh, yeah. What I tell people, too, um, sometimes because when you would go to open mics, some of them are, are they're just comedians, you know, practicing their craft. And mm-hmm. they're not listening or they're in the back. So I said, you know what, I'll be at the bus stop. I went to the bus stop and I told some jokes at the bus stop. <laughs> and then I'm just funny. Then I got their opinion. And one of the, um, well, the male persons that really gave me a, a tag for one of my jokes. But you do what you can, when you can, and how you can. Mm-hmm. What's the best experience you've had in entertainment so far? Uh, the best experience that I had in entertainment was, um, let me see, so many of them. For me, I think it was when I, uh, 
I was doing some jokes. Uh, I was at the Comedy Union. That's a, uh, it's the, what was it? The only black-owned comedy uh, place in Los Angeles. It's black-owned. It's, it's on that. It's a fifty forty Pico, and I was there and telling my jokes. And they had some um, celebrities in the audience. And when they actually told me, "Oh, I like that. That was funny. You know, you're funny." I said, "Oh, wow, thank you." You know, usually. Uh, your competition don't tell you that, that you're funny. Okay? But when a celebrity tell you I'm funny, a comedian celebrity tell you that you're funny, oh, I said, oh, thank you. I, I got the little big head there. I said, oh, that's so wonderful. So I was excited about that. And also meeting other people and going to red carpets and, and meeting people who are in the business, that's exciting for me. Now, here's going to be an odd question for you, and this mm-hmm. might sound a little strange. Um, mm-hmm. What's but I've got everyone writing in. It's very difficult. I've got ten things going on here. What's the worst experience you've had in Hollywood so far? Oh, in Hollywood, well, the worst experience I had. I don't think the worst. It's a couple of them, but uh, one when I just started out in the business, I didn't know uh, about uh, joking. I was joking on a comedian. I, I made a, a comment about this comedian. I thought it was a joke. To, to say something about her so that when she come up to behind me, then she can uh, do the tag and uh, and uh, fill in. But but no, she just, how do you call it, just uh, tagged me out, her and two other comedians. I'm like, what is going on here? And then, uh, then oh, Lady Mac, this, Lady Mac, that. And it was like, like her. I said, oh, my goodness, I do not want to get upset. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. <laughs> Keep your cool. Keep your cool. I said, oh, my goodness. So that's how this is run. But I believe those were, were some, they were, like I said, they've been in the business uh, well over, five, I was maybe 15, 20 years. But I made a mistake in <laughs> talking about one of those comedians and all three of them, you know, not violent like that, but they, they tagged me back. I'm like, oh, okay. So now I will know who to uh, joke about, you know, and, and not. But that was an experience there. And other than no, that, the one time I got booed off stage. Oh, go ahead. Yes. You have a question? I was going to say that the people, if you're working in that kind of job, you need to be able to take it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. And sometimes people can be mean. Sometimes I, um, sometimes comedians can be just right me. I, oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, and you can be funny and, and make a joke about someone. And as long as the other person can laugh. That's my, that's my take on it. But to be outright mean is just wrong. <laughs> Now, do you find a difference? We were talking about um, sexism and racism in Hollywood. Do you find mm-hmm. as a comedian you're treated differently because of your race or because of your gender? Well, I don't know about, uh, well, well, I guess you could say that, but if it's Hollywood and just in general, uh, comedy is male-dominated. Oh, yeah. And that's why, excuse me? I said, yes, ma'am, that's very true. Yeah, and most of, like, the, the big names, I'm not going to drop names, but the big names, they have comedy events, and they're all men. And I think uh, one of his shows, he had one lady, one female comedian. That was, that was okay. But the big names, when they have their events or they have their shows, they have all men. And they are, you know, if they get, like, a little complaining about it, they'll throw in a female comedian. Uh, it's always been that way. So when I do my shows, it's predominantly women. You know, it's just a Father's Day. On Father's Day, I do all men because... We can't be fathers, you know. Even though we try, we can't be fathers. So I, I don't know. I, I know some uh, women that have made wonderful fathers and some men that have made wonderful mothers. A single parent, you have to be oh. both. 
Oh, no, stop that. Don't even try that. <laughs> Men, <laughs> we can do all we can, but we don't have that. I, you know, I can't teach a son how to pee. You know, I'm all, you know we have certain uh, gender or characteristics that's designed for women and certain that's designed for men. Even though we probably can teach a child how to play baseball, but some things we just can't teach them because it's not in our, in the, I don't know, look, not into the nature, I guess. But we do a wonderful job, wonderful job at it, though. We can say that. I think I uh, have a different, I I, I adopted a a little boy and I did teach him to stand up and pee. I put Cheerios in the toilet Mm -hmm. so he could do it after I adopted him. Um, I think in, you don't have anything to point down, you don't have anything growing to point down at the toilet. That's what I'm trying to say. Certain things that were just. Of course not. No. uh, Yeah. (laughs) But you can do it. We can do a lot of things. Okay. (laughs) But I know a lot of, you know, I know a lot of guys that have stepped in and had to be mums. I just don't think. That's not exactly the best case scenario. I just got a bunch right, of people yeah. on Twitter saying, well, I'm a single parent. And I'm like, you know what? So am I. I adopted two kids yeah. and I manage. But that's not ideal. I'd like help. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think that's awesome. there, but anyway, that's what, <laughs> yes. But now, um, other than racism or sexism, I don't know. I, I call it weightism. Okay, <laughs> it's it's weightism in Hollywood because it's, it's it's still smaller people. The smaller people get the roles, and I, I was doing oh, yeah. some background working. With background, it's like um, you go in, you be in the background with the uh, at the movies, and you just walking in the background by the celebrities. But I didn't get called for a lot of roles. Isn't that something? But I got called for one role, and that's because they wanted they wanted a large woman. To play this here role because my, my job was to push this little kid, you know, uh, on the floor in the subway, and they wanted a large woman, so they, they picked me for that. But the other roles, no, they they don't pick me for that because because of your size. I guess they want to. I'm not guess. I know they want a certain uh, size woman because uh, to walk in the background or to do things. But there is weightism. I say that in Hollywood. I I would agree one hundred percent with that. Um, and I think that's something I'm hoping will change. Women are relegated. If you're heavy, you're relegated to very specific roles. Um, do you think that affects, well, how do you think that affects things? How do you think that affects people wanting to get into the industry? Well, it, 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 uh, it's a little discouraging because, um, that's that's uh, excellent work up here in in, uh, in California where you're going to the Hollywood and and do the background work. That's fine because they you know, they feed you. You know you get eight hours automatically, so you only get a hundred dollars if you're nine union, and they feed you and you meet people. But I've also seen whenever I'm I'm called in, I'm called in for the mega cast, and they have like they needed a uh, a large casting call. Oh, uh, the cattle um, calls. They, yeah, been yeah. There you go. Myself. That's it. Yes. <laughs> When you had those cattle calls, they had every race, old, fat, skinny, that. So, oh, oh wow, that's, that's what they call the them. cattle call isn't so much how much they, how many people they need, it's how they're going to be treated that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. Right. So with those, uh, I'm in there with that. But uh, other than that, uh, I know uh, the internet has changed the game a lot because people are putting their own podcasts together, their own videos, and being noticed that way. What do you see the future? We have about four minutes left before I ask my next question. I'm going off of what people are asking online. Would you please uh, shout out your social media so everyone can find you? Okay, thank you. Well, well, first, if you want to email me, you can email me at ladymac, L-A-D-Y-M-A-C, 
entertainment. I, I would not. I would it, It's a big audience from and, all over. I, I would stick yeah, with social well, media. Well, I'm all of them, yes. Mm-hmm. And then on social media, Instagram, my Instagram tag is at Lady Mac Entertainment. L-A-D-Y-M-A-C Entertainment. And then Facebook is the same, Lady Mac Entertainment. Now, I have Those to ask you, you've, you've kind of been through the ringer in a lot of ways in Hollywood. You've done everything. I mean, looking, looking at, your, at your career, you've really done everything. What, you, you said you want to take everything international and you want to take it all over the world. What's your next step? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do very mm-hmm. next thing? My very next step is I do a podcast in 2019. I'm working on a podcast where I interview comedians or like we're doing now, I'm interviewing people in the business and, and, and local people on, uh, on a podcast, maybe Lady Max guest or something uh, like that. I want to do a podcast along with my continued shows. I do seven shows a year, several uh, clean comedy shows and they're themed like um, my favorite one. We did, we did one. Uh, it was called uh, Caribbean Night. And do Aretha Franklin night. So I want to continue those theme shows and get a bigger audience and invite other women to start their own uh, own business. You know, if you want to do something, yeah, do it yourself. Don't wait to have somebody invite you in. I agree with that. I think that's some of the best advice you could give anyone. If you wait for somebody to open that door, the door's never going to get opened for you. Yeah. You have to open it yourself. Now, I want to say thank you very, very much for coming on the show. When is your next show? When can people find out about your next show so they can go see it? Well, you can uh, look on my Instagram or because it's going to be in February. It's a, uh, what do you call it? Valentine's show. So we're working on that now. So I may have a couple of, well, at least one male on that show. But it's a Valentine's show, and it's right before Valentine's Day. So I haven't got that date in yet, but you can check my social media at Lady Mac Entertainment on Facebook and at Lady Mac Entertainment on Instagram, and the information will be there. I think that sounds awesome. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Guys, thank you for joining us. A very, very special thank you to Lady Mac. Of course, thank you to my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to my cat that is currently chewing on me, who is interrupting me and just bit <laughs> Twitter. So the people that just got tweeted, you just got tweeted by my cat. Mm-hmm. Hi, Summer Helene. This is behind the scenes. Please check out the Militant Moderate. Please go check out Lady Mac. I think that is fantastic what you are doing. I really, really thank do. Thank you very much. Um, I, lo- I love thank clean you. comedy. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.